Hello, and welcome to the Research Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Senior Communications Media and Film Major at Kane University, Anna Furster. The Research Journey Podcast is my senior internship project, where I will be showing you how academic research is taught, encouraged, funded, and showcased at Kane University. I will also be highlighting some of my own academic research journey and how becoming involved in more in-depth student research at Kane led me to some great research-related opportunities. Season one of the Research Journey podcast will feature nine episodes. The episodes are formulated to air in an order that mimics what order a Kane University student might likely experience research in. Episodes one and two will highlight research and tech students and professors. Episodes three through five will highlight the CURF program and faculty-mentored student research. Episodes six and seven will highlight the summer 2021 research internship I was a part of at Princeton with interviews from my fellow interns. Episode 8 will highlight senior seminar students, and Episode 9 will be highlighting other research journeys at Kane, how Kane has progressed as a research institute, and my conclusions about my internship project. I wanted to formulate this season this way in order to show you, for one, how research is done and accessed at Kane, but to also show you how academic research can possibly expand upon your own academic journey like it has done to mine. Episode 1. For our first episode, we will be highlighting research and tech research journeys from two Kane University students. For those who are not aware, research and tech is a required course at Kane that introduces students to a more in-depth experience of the research process. Students prepare to write a formal research paper and orally present their projects at the end of the semester. The course emphasizes on the use of library resources and of computer technology to design, investigate, and report research activities. The majority of Kane University students, when not introduced to in-depth academic research in high school or through Curves Fry program, are introduced to academic research through research and tech. I thought highlighting research and tech first is a good way to show you how research is mainly introduced to students at Kane. On today's episode, we welcome our guest Sam Ritt, a senior communications media and film student at Kane University. Hello, Sam. Hi, Anna. So all students at Kane University who plan on getting an undergraduate degree take both research and tech and senior seminar, which are courses centered around learning and understanding the research process. Sam, you took research and tech the second semester of your freshman year at Kane. Before taking the course, had you previously learned about or become involved in any academic research in high school? So at my high school, like we were very focused on trying to get students to do research like all throughout the years. Like I remember freshman year of high school, we were learning MLA format and there was a lot we would also do in class um, kind of like document analysis. So on tests, we would have like a few documents and we'd have to make like these like mini research papers. Um, they were very big on that. They were very big on helping us to compile research and learn how to research and learn how to cite effectively and like paraphrasing and the difference between like paraphrasing and direct quoting. So before research in tech, I already had like at least four years worth of experience of doing at least, I'd say like five or more research papers a year from like five to 10 pages each. So yeah. Wow, that's in, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, you know, a lot of people, you don't hear, you know, them having a good, you know, research experience before they enter college. You know, that's usually in college is where, you know, they get the brunt of their research, learning and experience. But I'm glad you were able to, you know, have some learning before college. That's really great. So 
during research in tech, what was your research paper about? So my research paper was about empathy in film. So basically I studied if films provoke people to have empathy for the subjects on screen. And I cited like, I think like 15 different sources because that's the minimum, I think 15 to 20, I believe. And I basically just tried to connect to see whether like there's different types of empathy and there's different types of like, there's cognitive, affective, um, there's another one too, compassionate empathy. Um, and basically like there's also positive and negative empathy. So I did a lot of research on how it is like impacted in movies and if people feel these types of empathy for subjects in movies. And then I did a questionnaire and I sent it out asking really questions and each one related to the different types of empathy. So why did you specifically choose this topic? So I chose this topic because to me, like empathy has always been something that, especially with film, I had always thought and had discussions with people about like how I felt like so emotionally drawn towards characters. And like, I would always ask people like, oh, like, do you feel the same thing? Because for me, like a lot of like lessons, I guess I learned in life, I learned from watching movies and watching and seeing people emote and like kind of seeing people, because in movies you get to see people in private when they're alone and like even like the people who like seem like so strong and like they can handle anything all of a sudden when they're alone and they're crying I'm like oh my gosh wait so those people actually do cry sometimes so like it was really like an eye-opening experience to like watch movies I mean obviously not all movies are 100% reality based but like the idea of that so I would always ask people like oh like so like do you feel that same way and some people would say like yes like if someone's crying I'll cry and some people would be like no not really so I'm like I really want to see like what kind of experience that different people have with this because for me it's so strong and hearing that for some people it's not so strong I was like that's crazy so yeah it was really interesting for to do that so what did you personally learn while researching this topic besides what you've already said I have learned about definitely the different types of empathy and I learned that even like something that I didn't know is that Empathy, like everyone thinks of, is like being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. But according to like the research I did, there's something called cognitive empathy. And pe even people who like don't, like who have antisocial personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, where they're considered to not feel empathy, there's something called cognitive empathy where they recognize the emotion and they experience that, which I thought was pretty interesting because cognitive empathy is really just recognizing, oh, this person seems upset. And then, you know, you can use it to like, you maybe just don't care. You just use it to manipulate if you're someone who's, you know, like that. Um, but basically, like, I learned about that. And I learned also about different people's, like, types of empathy that they felt. Because when I did my research, everyone felt some form of empathy. And it was pretty interesting to me because I was like, oh, even people who said, like, oh, I don't feel any empathy at all. They actually might feel some empathy, but it's just a different category than what they thought. So I definitely learned a lot more about different people's reactions and the different types of empathy they can feel. It's pretty cool. So going back to your course, were there any techniques that you learned or, you know, were able to put into your research paper that you were able to take away that you still use while researching today? Yeah. So basically I learned a lot about synthesis writing, which I talked to some other people and I think different research and tech professors do it differently. But for synthesis writing, what we would do is basically 
we would find our sources and we would take two that had some sort of either similarity or something that was like really different from each other that they found in the research and try to make connections with it. And each paragraph would be like a synthesis paragraph. And I had never heard of synthesis writing before I started researching tech. So I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know synthesis writing was like a thing. And it was like a, a research technique. So it was a little bit more challenging for me because I thought, oh, I'm just going to summarize these things and I'm going to just summarize what they mean. But my professor was like, no, we're going to actually kind of like integrate them with each other. And then I kind of like learned that like doing research, like it doesn't always have to be like, this is what paper A says, paper B, paper C. Like it's like comparing paper A and paper B, paper B and paper C. Like that was something that I learned how to do. I learned how to do annotated bibliographies and lit reviews. So it was pretty, it was pretty good. And I also learned how to like, um, find peer-reviewed journals because I had always just went online and found books on Amazon or something and read like the little previews because I didn't want to buy the books. And that got me through high school because they'd be like, oh, you read this book? I'd be like, yeah, I read a part of it. Um, but I never really looked at journals. And since Kane Library has access to peer-reviewed journals, I actually got to look at peer-reviewed journals, which I had never done. So I learned a lot about more higher level research. So what were some of the conclusions you came to in your research paper? So I came to the conclusion that there are definitely different types of not only like empathy, of course, but there's different types of ways that it can be provoked um, through film. So it's not even really just like this is before I really got super into my film major. So I just kind of thought like, oh, like I don't really know exactly like what goes behind the scenes, but I know that they can make like a really moving film. And I learned about certain films that had certain techniques like, um, you know, like the point of view shots and certain types of kind of like techniques with like coloring to make it evoke even more empathy. And I also learned that people tend to have more empathy when they're looking at someone who's in a negative situation than a positive situation. So like if someone is like succeeding in the film or like in life, it's like, okay, that's cool. But if I don't have a particular bond with you, I'm not going to empathize with you as much. But if it's someone who's going through a struggle, we tend to empathize more with them when they're on screen, like if they're crying or if they're hurt or something. It's more of like this feeling of empathy that you feel, even if you don't have a connection, because it just kind of creates that connection. So that was something that I learned that I thought was very interesting. So after taking this course, what is your overall perspective of academic research today? I think I definitely got more interested in research after taking the course. I'm definitely really excited to take Senior Sem next semester because I'm already thinking of what I want to try to research. Because to me, I just think it was so much more organized than the research I did in high school. Like, the research I did in high school was great, but the research that I did in research in tech, like, it kind of just gave me a new perspective on, like, how I can organize research and the different components of research papers, how to write an APA, I also learned. And I learned about, like, again, like, lit reviews, annotated bibliographies, the conclusion, the discussion, all these types of things. So I definitely will carry that into my further research to actually make a very structured paper. So yeah, I learned a lot. I also learned how to write like longer essays because I had always done like six, you know, six to 10, but like this one was like 15 to like 20. So it was a challenge. And since I actually like was able to do it, I was like, wow, okay. Like I can actually start to write more in-depth research. So yeah. Do you have any ideas of what you would be interested in researching for a senior seminar? Yeah, so right now I'm thinking of something that has to do with music because I might do something that has to do with film because I, of course, I love film and I love TV. 
and all that kind of stuff because I'm a communications major. So even though, since I already did empathy in film, I want to maybe do something with the emotions that music can make you feel or potentially like the different components of music and how that can make you feel because just like I learned there's different components of film that go on behind the scenes, there's definitely different components of music that go on behind the scenes. And film is like, film and music are like two of my passions. So when I researched the first time, I was like film. And the second time I'm like, I think I'm gonna lean towards doing something with music. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for telling me your research and tech experience. No problem. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed talking about it. And before we go, me and Sam, um, before I mean, I've been making this podcast, worked on a podcast of our own called Lorecast. It's on all streaming platforms. We talk about, you know, game lore and, you know, the history of games and different kind of stuff like that. So there's about, I think, eight episodes. And if you're interested, it's called Lorecast, L-O-R-E-C-A-S-T. It's on all streaming platforms and you should check it out. Yeah, a little self promo. It's a really promo. Yeah, it's 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 really good and interesting. You know, maybe we're biased because we made it. Yes. But it was we did a lot of research for it. We did. We did we a did. lot of research into the lore. So yes, if did. you like research and you like video games, it's it's for Check you. Lore cast. Especially yeah. Animal yeah. Crossing, wink. Pokemon, wink. Wink wink. Zelda, wink. If you like any of that. Especially Animal Crossing. Especially Animal Crossing. Yes. yes, of course. All right. So thank you again, Sam, for coming on the podcast. And, you know, good luck in your research endeavors. No problem. Good luck to you, too. Thank you so much. Yeah. No problem. We welcome our next guest, Dominique Phelps, a senior interior design student at Kane University. Hello, Dominique. Hello, Anna. So, Dominique, you took research and tech sophomore year, spring semester. Before taking the course, had you previously learned about or become involved in any academic research in high school? Yes, I did. For my senior year of high school, all students were required to do a capstone, which was basically research and tech, but instead of one semester, they lasted for the entire school year. So the first half of the school year, we would spend building the research paper um, that had to be about, like, 15 to 20 pages long, depending on what your topic was. We all got to pick our topic, very similar to research and tech. But then the second half of the school year, we had to put together a presentation. So all of our research that we spent those few months doing, we had to basically compress it into a 20 to 30 minute presentation. And we had to verbally present that. And that is how we passed English. So being that you already had an understanding of research before going into research and tech, what was your perspective of the class before you started it? I was wondering if it would feel the same way because um, in high school, they always tell you, oh, college is going to be a lot harder and this, that, and the third. So I thought, well, at least I have like a basic ground foundation, basically of knowing like, okay, so I know I need to do this, but it's probably going to be a little different. It might be a little harder. Um, I didn't know what kind of um, research I would be able to do and how extensive I could go into it or how creative I can get with my topic idea because the idea topic that I had in high school was a little depressing. So I was very concerned. I was like, I really hope I don't have to do something sad again or something very serious. So tell me about your research paper. From college or high school? From college. 
Oh, from college, I did a research paper on how the human built environment and the designs of how we create our built environments affect uh, people physically, uh, emotionally, and psychologically. So tell me a little bit more about it. You know, as an interior design student, people think that a lot of what we do is just building an aesthetic or decorating, but there's so much more thought that goes into everything that we create because we're not just creating a pretty space, we're creating a functional space. We're creating a space that could be used by different people, both able-bodied and disabled. And when you think of the word disabled, people think like someone with a, a physical deficiency or like there's something happened to them, but that's not always the case. Um, everybody can be quote unquote disabled at a certain point where they, you've hurt your leg or your arm. It's not always a permanent thing, it could be temporary. So it's just how well anyone can use a space at different points of their life. And then the type of space that you're in affects how you react to it. So like when you're in a library, people naturally, because of the, um, the like the, the stigma and the uh, acceptable behavior that's created around libraries, you know, like, oh, you're in a library, you gotta be quiet. You need to be, you know, very serious about what you're doing, you're learning. It's a very structured space versus uh, you go to like an indoor playground and it's just chaos because that's what it's built for. It's it's built for that fun, that playful, that lightheartedness. And you can kind of see that when you go into people's homes, how people are, you really see that through how they structure their space. Uh, there's like a very serious person. A lot of times they may have like minimalism uh, aesthetic in their house, have like clean straight lines, have very distinct forms in their furniture. Versus as someone who's more free-flowing, they could have more free-flowing furniture or uh, an eclectic uh, furniture pieces and decorative items. And that can reflect the person, that reflects how people can react to it. People may be more comfortable in that space. And I don't think a lot of people realize just how much our environments really affect how we think and go into it. Because it's almost natural on how we just conform our behavior to where we are. So what attracted you to this topic specifically? Being a design major, I wanted to inform more people because again, a lot of people think that, well, you're just decorating. I wanted to show people there's so much more that goes into it. And I personally am a fan of psychology. I would not be a psychology major. Um, it's a little, a little too serious for me, but I, uh, when I took my design in the built environment class, it really opened my eyes because Reacting to spaces is such a natural thing, so you don't think about it. And then when you start studying into it and how people do with personal space and how we are with different furniture and the different aesthetics we build and the ergonomics of furniture, so like how comfortable it is or how functional it is, you really start to think about it. And ever since I started interior design, I started looking at spaces differently. I started thinking about where I am, how it makes me feel, how it makes other people feel, um, just picking and breaking down pieces. So I thought, well, why not bring this into like another class? Because I was in a class full of a lot of different students. There weren't many other design students in, in there. And when I brought this idea up to my professor, she wasn't sure if I could build a paper on it. She wasn't sure how many research sources I could get on it. She wasn't sure if I would it would if it would be a good topic. She let me try it, but she was like, Make sure you have a backup plan because I don't. I've never seen anyone write a paper on it, and then I did. 
So what were some of the other things that you learned while researching this topic? I learned that our behavioral responses go farther than just a psychological response. It's also a cultural response. Um, In the research that I did, I learned that in more Eastern countries, it's like, so the farther you go towards like England or even a lot of Middle Eastern countries or Asian countries, there are, there's a lot of old architecture because the U.S. is a very new country as far as the types of architecture we use versus the architecture that's been used for like generations and centuries. Like when you think of Rome and you think of all those old, old buildings or just past empires, there's uh, countries and cities that built around that. And there are people who miss the old architecture. And then there's people who hate it because it's not always, it's not built to withstand today's climate or to withstand today's technology or today's aesthetics even. And so depending on where you are and building around it, it can create really dark avenues and dark environments. So it makes some of the more older parts of town more run down and the people don't wanna be there and then they're not nice neighborhoods anymore. And it's really sad to see because now we have to create a balance in our physical environment. We have to keep history together, keep new architecture, keep an aesthetic that everyone can comfortably live in. And that's a hard thing to do. But it also, you have to keep in mind people's heritage, people's closeness to this environment. And it's a lot to really think about. So were there any techniques that you took away from this course that you still use while researching today? I learned how to use Google Scholar. Um, They didn't really show us that in high school. They just kind of said, go find whatever you need. Um, In my younger, uh, earlier high school years, when we had like science fair projects, a lot of information I found in books. And so now using peer-reviewed articles, which is something that I did not really use a lot in using library websites. I'm used to going to the library and finding books themselves. And I would have to do a lot of physical searching, but the online searching of finding resources and like peer accredited and knowing what to look for and using different websites, I do use a lot now because I still do a lot of research. Um, For my thesis class, I had to research a lot of things. For my biomimicry class, I had to research a lot of things. As a designer, I have to continuously do research. So having to find case studies and different things like that, I didn't learn how to do it before. So having research in tech really helped me do that better. And it helped me build a paper faster. I'm now more comfortable doing extensive research. So there's not as many late nights shifting through information. What were the conclusions you came to in your research? In my research, I came to the conclusion that our physical environment has a bigger effect on us than we realize. Certain environments and even colors that we use, uh, as far as the walls, when you think of color psychology in our walls and our furniture, also affect us. But what you grow up around, um, when you think of like your homes and things, either have a negative or positive effect. And so those kinds of environments that you're used to translate as you get older and as you get more used to things. For example, 
uh, when I did my research, I sent a survey out to people of different ages, and I found a lot of more people are more comfortable with warmer neutrals than cool neutrals. So like more like browns and tans and beiges than they are grays and uh, more cool tones because when you think of gray, you think of sad, you think of heavy, when you think of those brown colors, they're warm and they're comforting. And more people preferred that. And I feel that a lot of older furniture is more like brown couches and things like that. And that creates that warm, cozy environment. That's something people grow up with that feels like home. And when that translates into different environments that they're in, they prefer that and it's easier to be more comfortable. So. I believe that there is a psychological response to just the little things that we remember. And even if we don't notice it, it translates a lot into our present environments. So after taking the course, what is your overall perspective of academic research today? I believe that it's not done enough. Because what I've noticed is that a lot of people don't do long papers because uh, before I took the class, my friends who had taken it before, they were like, oh, I have to take research and tech. I don't wanna take this class. I hate making papers. I was very comfortable writing papers. I've done it before, I'm used to it. To me, the capstone that I had in high school was a lot harder because I had to do a verbal presentation. I had to not only just make the paper, I had to present it. I had to condense my knowledge. I had to say it in a way people understood. I spoke for 25 minutes straight. That's a long time to just stand and talk. And it was a lot. Versus research and tech, you just put out the paper, send it in, that's it. And, and so to me, to see people kind of moan and groan about it, it was honestly a little bit sad because it's, it, it, at least in my perspective, because I, I'm used to it, it's not that hard. Uh, you do research papers when you do your science fair projects. So to me, writing, I mean, granted, research and tech was the longest paper I've ever written, but I mean, I still hear people complain about three-page papers. And I feel like we should incorporate these in more majors because there's more things you can learn. And I feel the more research that we do, the more we learn and the more we expand our knowledge in our own personal fields is really important because my professor didn't think I would be able to find all the sources I needed. I was also a little skeptical because I don't know how many how much people really write about interior design. I found my sources easier than I did my first choice. I don't even remember what I was going to do before that because I didn't know that I could use design as a research project. There's so many different avenues of research and I don't think people understand it. And there's so much we can learn, especially within our interests. So as an interior design student, do you take a senior seminar? We don't take senior th seminar. We have what we call senior thesis. So there is a lot of research in that and we take that research and we make a project out of it. My senior thesis was creating a mental health and behavioral hospital for teens and youth. So that required a lot of case studies for me to look at and a lot of research on how uh, students, well, like younger children behave in those kind of facilities, what uh, design aspects were helpful to them, what were not helpful, uh, what was helpful to 
the people using the space. So not just the patients, but also the doctors and the nurses, what they preferred, what they didn't prefer. For example, a lot of uh, people, a lot of nurses who work in those kind of hospitals, they don't like for the kids to have private bathrooms or like have like a end of hallways, like having the rooms just kind of in there because if people can't see them and the kid is having a breakdown or, or going through something and they become violent or irritated, then the nurse is not safe because they're in a corner. So they're trapped, not the students, because you know they're not gonna hurt the patient, but that doesn't mean the patient's not gonna do something else. So having to find different avenues on how to make sure not to put the patient or the nurses in that situation, integrating nature, all those other kinds of research, and I turn that into a whole project. And I do that for a whole semester. That is incredible. So are there any, you know, topics or, you know, things that you would like to do later in research? I know you said a mental health facility. Do you, is that something you would like to work on further after graduating? That is, if I could, I would like to go into healthcare design, but I would also like to go into design of more public spaces. Uh, before I thought of the healthcare option, I thought of doing a homeless shelter, but one that not only housed the people who went in, but also helped them get back on their feet so that they can find housing or that they can find jobs. Because a lot of homeless shelters, you know, they give them a place to stay and that's about it. You're kind of putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. You need to find a solution, like how can we get these people into stable housing? How can we get them stable jobs? Uh, for people who have children who are on the street, how can we provide a childcare center so that they can go out and find those jobs? Uh, job training centers, all those things kind of built within the facility. That was another idea that I had. And if I could find more, those are that's something I'm gonna have to do a lot of research about. Uh, especially in big cities like New York or Chicago or Detroit. So hopefully I can work on those things as a designer. Well, um, thank you so much for giving your perspective as a research and tech student and a researcher in general. Um, I hope you do well in your future research endeavors. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. That is it for this episode of the Research Journey Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Next episode, we'll highlight research and tech professors. If you have any questions or want to know more about academic research at Kane University, please visit the Office of Research and Sponsored Programs page on Kane University's website. Kane.edu slash offices slash research dash and dash sponsored dash programs. Email them at ORSP at kane.edu or call at 908-737-3461 Monday through Fridays from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m.